0: Any spirit of stagnation that has rested and had a place in your life, I command it to inject itself out of your family. Any spirit of stagnation that has had any hold over your family, over your destiny, over your life, I speak over your life by the reason of the blood. As Jesus died on the cross and he said it is finished and he made available grace. You have that grace in you. Therefore, any spirit of stagnation has a voice and has an ear. I speak to that spirit. Your time has come to an end. Pack yourself out of their destiny. Pack yourself out amen. of their families in the name of Jesus amen, amen and amen, amen. Um, I want to welcome everyone amen. to tonight's service I believe we are all blessed it is a month of grace and we've been talking about grace it is a month of abundant grace And today without spending much time we are going to deal with a lot of things I believe tonight is a night that God is going to deal with certain deep-rooted problems in our families. I always say that 60% of our problems, see the problems that we face, 60% of them, I mean, is dependent on us. 30% comes from the family, the people we surround ourselves with. It's only a fraction of 10%. That we can say that it is demonic and I mean satanic occurrences and oppressions. So, one of the key ways is that we have to what gather together and stand in a gap. The Bible says God suffer a man to stand in a gap. Tonight we are standing in a gap for our families, we are standing in a gap for our generation. We don't need to leave the battle for them to fight. The battle you fail to fight, your daughter, your son will fight it. The battle your fathers, your forefathers failed to deal with or to acknowledge. It is what is going on in your life. And I pray that tonight, because of grace, you will break every altar, every cycle. You will break it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to do this. I want us to bow our heads and as we pray. I believe God is going to take over the service. Father God, I thank you for tonight. As your word comes to your people, it is my prayer that, Father Lord, you will use the word to liberate them. For you send your word and he healed them. As your word comes, wherever they are, whatever continent they are, whatever location they find themselves, minister to them in the name of Jesus. I pray amen and amen I want us to do this in the next few minutes I want you to share the link invite somebody tonight I'm just gonna share something small something short but very deep as I woke up today I was praying meditating on the word of God and when I was praying, the Lord gave me a word. And I had threefold chord of grace. Tonight I'm going to talk about the threefold chord of the grace of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Verses 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. If you are there, just let me know that you are there. Just type, I am there. Just type, I am there. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. I'm going to read, in fact, I'm going to read from verse 9 to 12, but the emphasis is on the 12. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. I decree and I declare any part of your life that you are fallen behind, any part of your life that you are lagging behind, let the Lord through grace uphold you. Let the Lord through grace and through His divine mercies bring helpers to help you up in the name of Jesus. And he says in verse 11, Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? That is to say that on your own, there are a lot of things that you cannot do. Man was never created to be alone. That is why the Bible says that when man was I mean, fulfilling his assignment when he was responsible and he was keeping to that which that God told him to do by not touching that tree that was given to God. Anytime that you give yourself fully to God and to the service of God, God sees it fit to bring somebody to help you in your life, in everything. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 that God brought Eve when he saw the man Adam was fulfilling his purpose was on assignment was responsible then the helper came cause man cannot do it alone you cannot do it alone you need men you need people you need helpers to help you you need the grace of God to assist you when you are weak the grace steps in and becomes your strength verse 12 it says though one may be overpowered by another Two, two can withstand him. But look at what he says. And a threefold cord cannot quickly be broken. You know what? I love how the new King, the King James puts it. He said, and if one prevails against him, two shall withstand him. Yes, and a threefold cord, cannot be broken. Look at how the New Living Translation puts it. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and be defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer? The reason why probably the problem you are going through, you are not able to go through is because you are standing alone you are trying to overcome that weakness that addiction that, that, that I mean that issue in your life alone you need the third person you need a fourth man you need Jesus in your life the Bible says when Jesus steps into the scene demons flee whenever you engage the personality of grace that is Jesus there's no Power that can what speak? He is light, and where there's light, darkness cannot stand. So he says that at three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. The number three is so prophetic. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is three, the train God. When God said, let us create man in our image, we had, I mean, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit available. You see, so three stands for perfection. It stands for the union of God. It stands for something that cannot be broken. So tonight we are going to deal with the threefold code of what? Grace. Something short, I believe that we all need that. Um, Something small that I think I would share is this. That until you are, what? Plucked into the vine. That is Jesus. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way you can want, succeed in this thing we call life on earth. Without you being engrafted or being rooted or planted in Christ, there's no way. So one of the first requirements for us to, what? Break free and to have dominion and to... Function in every part of our life is when we are connected to the vine. So until you are plugged into the vine, that is Jesus, the originator of grace. You have no access to God's unmerited favor. And his enabling power that is being distributed by the Holy Spirit to anyone who is an heir of salvation. So you need to be connected. So the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 6, it's a scripture that I think we've all heard about. It said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you want to encounter grace, you need Jesus. That is why one of the first requirements is what you be born again. That is what Jesus came to do. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. In the kingdom, grace operates. For you to receive that blessings that comes out of the kingdom, you need to accept the the, the portal into the kingdom, the personality of the kingdom, the one that gives you the access to the kingdom. That is Jesus. So if your your relationship with Jesus is bad, where the word is bad, There's no way you can fully enjoy or appreciate what grace means. And a lot of Christians, a lot of families are not experiencing the the wonderful, I mean, blessings that God's grace gives to us. So a perfect analogy would be like grace is like being, I mean, plugged to the wall. You see, taking up your charger, your um, appliance, any electrical appliance, and you need power to power up, probably your laptop or your desktop, your phone. Plugging it straight into the plug on the wall. You see? Because you need power. And there's electricity that will search through the ports into your phone, your laptop. Now, this is how grace works. You are the one that needs the power. You need to charge up. You are weak and you need a supernatural hand to uphold you to increase you probably in a family there's a lot of things going on you've done everything and it's not perfect people are looking down on you but you know when grace comes in it turns everything around grace does not come to condemn it comes to uphold so when you look at the work of jesus on earth when you read the new testament any incident that happened in the bible in the new testament Jesus did not condemn. Example: Look at a woman who had an issue. I mean, with the blood. In the law, or naturally, it was punishable in the law that if you are bleeding, you shouldn't come to people. And I mean, the woman knew that, but Jesus did not what accuse or look down on her, but rather he said, "Your faith has made you whole." He said, "Go, be free." The woman was caught in adultery you see she was caught naturally the law was to stone her and there are a lot of things that our families who are in, in our lives who are going through that i mean looking at circumstances we are not supposed to make it but because of grace we are making it and sometimes god's work comes to you and encourages you you know to lift you up and that is the work of grace you sleep and you wake up. Somebody say, why is it that? I mean, sinners are doing this. I'm somebody doing all kinds of things, but they are not dead. You see, God, Jesus came to die for all. God doesn't want them to die in their sin. He has given them a time frame. So in our families, there are a lot of things that are going on. That grace is sustaining us. Is keeping us. You see. So grace is there. Surge of electricity that is released when you connect your, I mean your charger to the plug, and Jesus is the plug, the portal, the gateway, the personality of grace who leads us to the origin, the source of life, that is God. So everything that grace provides is Jesus. He is the embodiment. So the plug represents Jesus, and as you connect. To jesus that's the vine when the vine dresser comes you are enjoying everything because the vine dresser will come and pour i mean water will put i mean i mean fertilizer will trim and that is grace we are not perfect moses was never perfect he was a murderer he was the rejected prince he had weaknesses but when grace located him when you read i mean Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4. The dialogue between Moses, God called him out. He said, I want to use you. Moses said, I don't think I can go because I have a speech impediment. Sometimes in our families, we look down upon each other. Even your, your father, your mother looks down on you. He said, ah, we're looking at you the way you are doing things. Because you did not do certain courses. You did not go to certain universities or schools. I mean, some family members don't regard you. When the core family meeting, you are not regarded. Anything that you say is not regarded. But you know what? He said, by the grace of Jesus, when Jesus steps into your life, He takes away your weakness. He said, He became weak. That we will be strong. He was beaten. He was bruised. See, the chastisements of our sin was upon him. So it doesn't matter your past. What matters is your present with Jesus and your future with Jesus. As you embrace him, he opens up the portal for you to walk in grace. See, so there are many families who even though, I mean, they are, uh, how do I put it? They 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 profess Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. But they are not actually adoring it. And that is where we are going to dive deep. There are three things. There are three things. Three things. The threefold code of grace. See, there's a grace that delivers one from bondage. Or the saving grace. It moves you from bondage. So when Jesus came to die on the cross. He released that grace to redeem us. We did not deserve it. I mean, it was a hefty price. We could not pay it. So, in certain families, they have entered into certain bondages. The devil or Satan or certain demonic powers had held them in captive. And they've done everything. I mean, some people have prayed fasted. I mean, it takes grace. Some people are working hard, but they are not seeing the fruit of it. It takes grace to bring you out. And bring you to a place of fulfillment there's a grace that keeps you in the wilderness stage and there's a grace that will praise and brings you to the kingdom establishment so tonight we are going to touch on the grace that delivers you from what the bondage okay in the stage of the bondage grace that brings you out Exodus chapter 1 verses 8 to 16 you know I'm going to summarize it. It's a story that talks about the Israelites in the land of Egypt. Egypt by then was like a America. No one wants to mess with America because America has all the munitions, America has allies. You see, that's the same way Egypt was. And Pharaoh was the head. No one messes with Pharaoh. Now, look at this. There came a Pharaoh that started oppressing the children of God, Israel, the people of God. They were oppressed like some families. Satan has risen up and has taken certain captives of a family and he's releasing evil agenda over them. But one of the things that we realize in the chapter 1 of Exodus is that the children of God had potential. They were increasing. So, there are some families, the blessings of God is evident. Satan has seen it. we we'll fight them in all angles. I mean, they cannot be themselves. Israelites were so oppressed. Let's read from verse 10. Exodus chapter 1, verse 10. Look at what happened. The, 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 the conversation that went on. It says, are you there? Exodus chapter 1 verse 10. I read, it says, Come, let us deal surely with them, lest they multiply. And it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us. And so go up out the land. You are a threat to somebody. You are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And they will never let you go. Will never let the family go unless you put up a fight. Verse 11 said, Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities and Pythian Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were dread in or dread of the children of Israel. So, this is what it says for you. God has blessed you to increase. For your family, God has already blessed you. God has already blessed mankind. But there are supervising agents, they are supervising demons, they are witches and wizards that always comes in to resist and to place a family under bondage. Some of our ancestors went to collect well, certain powers, protection, and they fail to understand that I mean the devil doesn't give anything for free. He comes to steal to to kill and to destroy, and when they die, the, the requirements and the rituals they're supposed to meet, they don't, and it becomes a what a bondage upon the family. Innocent people have to fight things that they don't know. See, so when you read the verse 30, so it says, So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with record, and they made their lives better. With hard bondage, I decree and I declare over your life, wherever you are, any power, any altar, any man or woman trying to make you better in life, any altar projecting slavery and bitterness upon your family, any kind of bondage, anything projecting bitterness in your life from today it ends in the name of Jesus. It says, and they made them. It made their lives very bitter and hard in bondage. In mortar, in bricks and all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they had made them to serve with was rigor. See, so there are some families. The supervising spirit demon entity causes them to suffer. They don't want to drink but it is forcing them to drink, to become drunkards. Very learned men, but they are drunkards. They lose their destinies. Swearing altars in the families, they push people into humanizing. They will mess up their life. They will give everything away. They work hard at the end of the day. There's nothing to show. They spread it across. Sending families, polygamy, adultery, they cannot stay there. Their supervising spirit and, I mean, all that they pushes them. It's a bondage. It's in the bloodline. You see, and they are taskmasters. Supervising that every single person connected to that family goes through that. There are certain, I mean, families where they will project it. Maybe their mother was able to, what, escape it narrowly. But they will come after the kids. And they start pushing certain things. And you are there and you start experiencing certain weird things the are spirits, you see. Now, when you look at Exodus chapter, I mean, 5, verse 1 to 18, it also talks about the same thing. I want to pick from verse 3. Then we'll enter into prayer. He says, So they said, The God of the Hebrews, Exodus chapter 5, verse 3 to 7. So they said, the god of the hebrews has met with us please let us go three days journey into the desert and sacrifice to the lord our god lest he fall upon us with pestilence now in this chapter 5 we see moses coming in to speak to pharaoh to deal with that spirit and say let the people go you don't have power anymore let them go and worship the lord Some of us in our family, we are broken out and we are trying to serve the Lord. We are doing our best. We are doing our best. Notice, with our strength, not relying on the grace of God. And and I mean, the altars come against us. It's as if the more you pray, the more you try to do things, the more they rise up. See, today we are going to answer how to deal with these all. Verse 4. Then the king of Egypt said to them, look at this Pharaoh is the is the, is the head of the kingdom of what egypt he said moses and aaron why do you take the people from their work There are certain spirits hanging over certain territories operating in families they question people especially when you are marrying into a house when you are taking somebody out of a family and you are trying to introduce that person to the light. They question is, said, "Why is this young guy? Why is this young woman trying to take away what is rightfully ours? You are trying to deny them from serving this altar. They are certain fathers, certain mothers who are not serving God. They are serving certain spirits, altars. They are in certain secret societies, and they will fight you, uncles, when they realize that you are lifting up your head." They come and they say, why are you trying to be more than me? Why are you trying to speak more than me? Why are you trying to take the glory that I'm supposed to have? Whilst God has already given you that glory, they want to take it because they see you rising up. I decree and I declare today it ends in the name of Jesus. Their influence ends over your life in the name of Jesus. Whatever work they have purposed for you to do, you and the household ends in the name of Jesus. So he says in the verse 5, he says, and Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest. One of the things that happens in these families or families that have the spirit of darkness operating there. Is this, you don't have rest. So, if anyone who is in a family where polygamy is there or, I mean, womanizing is there, one of the key things is they'll find a way of getting you busy. Push last, push, I mean, fornication, the masturbation, these are the things, they start pushing it. They'll get you busy doing something connected to that just to push you into it. They will not give you rest will not give you rest. But tonight I pray, grace will bring rest to you in the name of Jesus. And he said, So Pharaoh, the same day, commanded the taskmasters, look at this, of the people and the officers, saying, verse 7, You shall no longer give the people straw to make break, and before let them go and gather the straw for themselves. Eight. And you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before you and you shall you not reduce it for they are idle therefore they cry out saying let us go and sacrifice to our God let more work be laid on them that they be labor in it and let them not regard false words that is verse 9 the moment they try to what pray a little bit the alters look at them and rise up and say oh so you have time to pray then i will frustrate you so there are certain families there's no one who is praying and that is very dangerous you are the ambassador of god in your family if you don't stand and pray the burden will increase whatever burden you are going through if you don't stand and pray it will increase so you need to stand and pray So for some some reason, Satan has pushed all kinds of things over families. And one of the things that God established was a family in the Garden of Eden. He established that family system. But because Satan knew the power of that, he, he infiltrated it. And that is why we find the influence of the demonic of Satan and his activities in families. Every family on earth you find an oppression of satan but through grace when jesus steps in when we get born again second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 said if anyone be in christ if it's conditional so you need to be in christ he said then all things become new behold the past has gone you see so in some families They have been kept in bondages by Satan. Demonic, altars, marine spirit, evil spirit, principalities have been, I mean, they have established strongholds. Certain strongholds that, I mean, by your strength, you cannot break it. You need the intervention of the grace of God to deal with it. Being adultery, fornication, drunkenness, premature death, I mean, you need to deal with it so strong. It's so strong. Some people is like a chronic disease. Somebody will have a father will have the disease or pass on. It will be like hereditary. And we take it for granted. He like, said, I created you in my image. That is the kingdom. God created you in his image. But somebody will killed his great-grandfather was stroke. His grandfather stroke. His father stroke. Then now it's on him. Then the next one is on his what? Kids. It's a pattern. It's a strong word and it needs to be broken. So what do you do? That is the part that we get to so that we enter into prayer. What do you do? It takes consistent prayer to enforce and to activate that saving and delivering grace. Exodus chapter 2 verse 23 to 25. Exodus chapter twenty. Chapter two, verse twenty-three to twenty-five. Exodus chapter two, verse twenty-three to twenty-five. And as he look at what the word of law says, it says, "Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out. Look at this, and they cried out." And their cry came up to God because of their bondage. 24. And God heard their groanings. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. I decree and I declare, The cycle that bondage upon your family, Is time has come. It expires now any oppression be placed upon your family upon your loved ones upon your father your mother your your children it comes to an end now in the name of jesus as you have prayed and you have waited upon the lord the grace of the lord is stepping in and is turning things around in the name of jesus so every bondage has an expiring date every bondage It came through a man. It can go through what Jesus, whatever they have done, it can disappear when Jesus steps in, when a personality of grace embraces you and your household. So grace comes to enforce the expiry date of any evil cycle in our lives or in our families. Grace, it comes to enforce it. So firstly, you need to engage consistent prayers to enforce and to generate intense power to activate or to set in motion that saving grace or that grace of deliverance. So in Exodus chapter 23, chapter 2 verse 23, the B part, you see it. In Jonah chapter 3 verse 6, I think think to 10, the Bible says, and God sent Jonah because God's judgment was upon Nineveh. He went to preach. He went to preach, declare, you are going to die. God is going to perish you. I mean, you're going to perish. You're going to go through all kinds of things. When the word came to the king, when you read it from the verse 6, the Bible says that the word came to the king. And he heard that word. He said, now we will turn our heart. Let us fast and pray.'" so if you want to turn things around in your family these are one of the keys fasting and prayer add it together but the requirement was they had the word they had the word the word and who is the word jesus he's the 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 the, the plug as i said he's the plug through where the 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 electricity passes through into your, your your body into your cable into your life He releases the grace. So without the word, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot break out from that family bondage. John chapter 8 verse 32 to 36. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I want us to read the scripture. John chapter 8 verse 32 to 36. That we are entering into some serious warfare. John chapter 8. Verse 32 to 36. Oh Jesus, I decree and I declare. An expiring date to every affliction in your life. Any behavior operating in your family. That doesn't align with the will of God. I decree and I declare. It comes to an end. I issue an expiring date now. To it. It is packing its luggage out of your marriage, out of your family, out of your children's life. Any illegal tenant, any illegal demon, spirit that is trying to have its place in your children, in your life, in your marriage, in your family. I eject it now in the name of Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 32 to 36, it says, And you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. So your ability to encounter the truth brings freedom. So the devil will always fight the truth. Yes, certain families, because of lack of knowledge, they are perishing. That is why it's very important that every house, every, every family will have at least one person who knows the truth, who knows the word of God, who can stand based on the word of God and pray. And the devil knows that if one, one person can stand, there will be a reaction. So what he does is he will oppresses, he pushes darkness. He makes it sure that there's no time for them to pray, so that darkness operates. Look at your family. Look at what goes on. If prayer goes up, if consistent sister's prayer goes up, I tell you, that stronghold breaks. It will break forever. It took just one man to, to come out of his father's house and to follow God, walking with God. And the Bible says that Abraham became the father of faith. God blessed him. They used to serve idols. You see, they serve idols. When you do some little bit of, I mean, research, it says that they were making the idols. You see, they were making them. If you move from Abraham to Isaac, when Isaac, I mean, was releasing His blessings to Esau and Jacob when Jacob went to the house of Laban after fleeing and taking the blessings he went to his uncle Laban who was a what a descendant and look at what happened that man was an idol worshipper so for Jacob to be able to prevail and be blessed he need to have a higher grace To be able to stand and to operate. Some of us we have certain uncles who are engaging certain altars and they can fight us in any way. But grace is making a way for us. Verse 33 of John chapter 8, it says, They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have been, have never been in bondage. To anyone how can you say you will make us free some of us we just know but we haven't yet encountered grace we don't know the truth we just heard about it you need to what get to know what is written concerning you and your household don't accept any report that you are seeing or hearing about your family don't accept whatever Satan tells you. And Jesus answered them and he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is asleep to sin. What he's trying to say is whoever moves under the protection of God has already sinned. If you decide to do things on your own, you are relying on your strength and it's a sin so trust in the lord your god with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledging proverbs 3, verse 3 to 5. see lean not so if you start leaning on your understanding it means you have given a way for sin to operate and as sin operates the devil operates because sin is the, the birthright of what Satan, he gave birth to sin when he rebelled against God. Verse 35, And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides. So when you allow sin to come in or when certain things like that happens, you can enjoy the grace in the house of God. Scripture says, Let us come boldly into the throne of grace before the throne of grace, you see, there's a throne of grace. So when you engage sin, it pushes you out. That is why God through His grace sent Jesus to redeem us and our family back into that throne of grace so that we can enjoy the blessings there. We can enjoy certain functionality of that throne. And verse 36, it says, Therefore, if the Son of Man, look at it, if the Son of Man makes you free or sets you free, you are free indeed. You are free indeed. So, in coming out of certain family issues, we need prayer. We need the truth. And that is the Word of God. And grace comes out when we combine the two and we accept it, God releases grace. We find grace in His side. We come before His side and He releases grace. He realizes that if I don't step in, my, my name, my, my standard, my sovereignty is questionable before men. So I will step in. He said, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous beg for God will never leave He elect. God will never leave his elect. God will never leave the upright for the enemy to take over. Psalm 124, he said, He delivered our soul from the snare of the fowler." Tonight I decree and declare, Every snare that has entangled and ensnared your family, you are coming out in the name of Jesus.